Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Tottenham finished second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Joe Malloy with you this evening. Lots of good pieces coming your way on the show tonight. The football show is back. Premier League season is underway on Friday evening. Jonathan Wilson, journalist and author, is with us after nine o'clock to look ahead. Plenty of feel-good factor, naturally enough, in English football right now, given events on Sunday at Wembley. We will chat to journalist Shaban Ahern this hour about football coming home and all that. Lots of feel-good factor in Mead football as well. Two of the now two-time All-Ireland winning players are with us after 8 o'clock. We'll have the goalkeeper, Monica McGurk, and Stacey Grimes, who kicked three points in the final as well, will join us. Plus, Morris Brosnan of the 42 with some analysis of the game as well. 53106, the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Mick McCarthy here in studio. Michael, hello. Hello, Joe. How are you? I am very well. And Richie McCormick, good evening. Gentlemen, how are we? Beautiful evening in Dublin. I checked the weather last night. It was only raining, but it's turned out to be very warm, very nice out there. Has it, yeah? Because I came into work at about... Uh half 12 today and it was raining yeah. and then I haven't left the air-conditioned building that we're in Oof. since and was, I got a message uh, from home saying Jesus it's boiling here it's, it's like 26 boiling. degrees it's like doesn't really mean anything to me I have to say well I, I mean I don't know if newer cars are, are more accurate but when I get into my car which has been sitting in the sun yeah. and you get in initially it's like 29 degrees in the car and you, you say well I'll start driving and see what it comes down to I only got down to 26 Right, okay. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's a, a, that's a that's warm a, day out there. Can't you see Richie there covered in sun cream? He's been out the back uh, working. The, I've, I've, I've the blinds down. That's blind up, blinds down. So, yeah, I literally have to keep the blind down to save myself from sweating like a pig here because the sun shines in on this room in the evening, which in the winter is fine. Uh, in the summer, not so great because oh, uh, it makes a room me... like that. God almighty, I couldn't. You couldn't yeah. You couldn't cool it down for love nor money, Joe. No, I'm telling <laughs> you, those, uh, those west facing in the evening can be tricky territory Mick but on we go so England feeling good about life right now Euros winners were you happy for them Mick and rightly so uh, was I happy for them so I was watching this in a pub uh, with a couple of friends of mine and oh. there was an L- well, you know that like that first goal by the way was an absolute sc- like, I just thought it was a beautiful beautiful nice goal classy finish um, I would say yeah 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 just Educated quick thinking finish. beautiful uh, technique and execution there was an English couple beside us uh, that celebrated wildly and there was a sense I, we were kind of going oh great God and sort of like almost checked ourselves because like this is a tradition going back many many years with these particular group of people where we would go to watch England lose in tournaments mm. but it was just there was something about the performance and that goal in particular uh, that sort of took us out of ourselves so then we kind of uh, negotiated that you know, maybe it's okay if, like, uh, this team win it, as long as the English men's team never win. I don't know what the hell we were talking about. But I have to say, my natural inclination was, there was a reason we were doing the bargaining. I kind of did want them to win it. Yeah. Can't really necessarily explain it. I thought they were much a better team for a start. And all the way through the tournament have been clearly the best team. Mm. And I think it was likeable and... It was, I don't know, very, very, very good performance and good game. 17 million watched on the BBC, which yeah. is breaking all kinds of records. The most watched programme of uh, 2022 on English television, certainly. So 17 million is quite similar because the semi-final had 10 million and the Euros final involving England and Germany in 09 had about 1.4 million. That is a hell of a yeah. turnaround. So we're going to talk about that just after 20 past uh, seven 
or so. One of the things which, uh, I mean, in, in terms of how we're talking about the game, we might talk about it another stage, but um, it's funny, like dipping in and out of the media at different points. And so there's been lots of talk about the Euros. And I was listening to uh, TalkSport the other evening and there were like a bunch of contributors talking about the football and praising it and saying, you know, there were various aspects of the Euros which they really enjoyed. Like, for instance, the lack of cynicism. Mm. You know, just the absence of cynical play as opposed to the men's game is something that they were all really enjoying. Like, these were, like, I, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to pick people yeah. out necessarily, but like uh, routine observers of uh, football, men's and women's across the English game. And so they were talking about the absence of cynical play. <laughs> and I was like, watching the game. I was going to say, the evidence of your eyes. Like, yeah. He's like, it's so, it was just uh, odd. Like, for instance, there was a moment where Schuller, the German number seven, was played ball over the top and ran in on goal and Mary Earps, the English goalkeeper, came out and claimed the ball and Schuller kind of stuck a foot out to get the ball and missed it and I would say there were three inches between, certainly two inches between her foot and Mary Earps, the English goalkeeper. Mm. Earps started rolling around like she'd been shot three times. <laughs> I mean, it looked like her leg had fallen off and she is screaming and there's medical attention and Schuller gets booked. And why are we saying, like, and by the way, way to go, Mary Earps. I mean, if that's your thing, uh, all is fair in love and war. This is high level sport. This is what happens. But like, why are we at pains to attribute these, I don't know, slightly patronizing um, it's propaganda uh, characteristics for, almost the for game. the sake of it's, you know for the, for the sake of like praise at all costs and it's like <coughs> if there's 17 million people watching these games and a record attendance and biggest attendance I think in, in Europe this year outside of maybe the two Barcelona also women's games like we need to get past the point where you can't have an honest conversation about the games weird you know um, so yeah no I would agree with you completely on that I've had an issue with that for a long time and actually there's there's a kind of a wider issue about kind of like critical analysis as well outside of like something like that which is cynicism and you know it's kind of virtue signaling for the women's game that's strange but even in terms of criticism like I feel like that for us to move on and have honest conversations we need to say that was a poor game we need to say you know like the second half of the All-Ireland Final wasn't brilliant to watch yeah you know um and so on, you know. Well, like I, I didn't think the, are fair. I didn't know? think the first goal in the All Ireland final was deliberate. It was mm. clearly like going for a point. And uh, Mead's response, I thought the left-footed pass was actually a shot. But like, I, you know, we got to point these things out a bit more. I, I thought otherwise, it's it's just patronising. Like there's there was a, a brilliant slow motion replay in the England Germany game of one of the English players, and it was after like some kind of exchange, and they were pushing each other, and in slow motion, and you did not need to be a lip reading expert. She was like calling the other player. It was like you. Starts with P, uh, rhymes with Rick. Yeah. And like, fast forward 24 hours, you're like, listening to media and they're like, God, it's just such a lovely atmosphere out there. <laughs> it's not. It's not. They're trying to kill each other. That's what it's about. But isn't the evidence of like, you know, is that we don't need that. We don't need, you know, propaganda for what we've just seen. It's only going to annoy people. It's only yeah. going to annoy people who've watched it because it what, we, what we've seen is through this tournament and through, to be honest, any, like, I, like the World Cup uh, a couple of years ago very very similar I find is that like there is you watch these tournaments you watch them every night as opposed to every now and then mm. in opposition with like you know watching the WSL in opposition to the Premier League or whatever like you watch these tournaments you develop an understanding of the teams the players that are in it the Irish soccer team be, the Irish team being on TV every single match they play now yeah. means you get to know that team and you get to know what they are and you forget about it. it's nothing to do with men's and women's then after a while and yeah. that's what it's proven and, and it's like and you get a story like this Euros and this England team it brings a real audience with us and even if they hadn't won 
on Sunday. I think that was a, it was a, a huge thing for women's football in England in particular. Whatever about the rest of Europe, I don't know if it has it would have the same impact. But they've had their other tournaments over the years, so like that's all there, and it's all proven by the actual product. Mm. We don't need the propaganda. No. Uh, by the way, shout out to Beale, the German tabloid. So they are livid about the handball that wasn't yeah, given. Well, it was a handball. In the fifth minute. By the way, I read an entire BBC match report that didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where, I mean, this is, we've got to be careful here. We've got to call this stuff out. So uh, Beale went on uh, full... Fairness, they would have done that if it was the men's team as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> perhaps, yeah. But they went all out here, full attack mode. And so they confronted the referee after the match. I don't really know how they were able to confront Katarina Monzal about what happened. So they said, what happened in the 25th minute with the handball? And Munzel, this was from The Guardian, who would, they were translating, you know, the German press. There was a Berlin correspondent there. Uh, Munzel, according to Beald, shrugged her shoulders and stretched her arms out wide in an apologetic way and said, no explanation. And then <coughs> uh, what I particularly like here is Paolo Valeri, he was the VAR yeah. official. And so what he said was to Beald, I can't say anything, I'm sorry. Uh, Bild translated that into German as sorry I've been muzzled <laughs> so there's people just taking liberties all over the place here I was going to say they are, they are kind of in, in, out, I didn't know they literally interpreted it wrong but I guess they had interpreted these comments as very much referees I'm not talking to you about this as but they quoted, there's a bigger story here quoted Paolo Valeri can you imagine Paolo Valeri being asked the question and him saying I'm sorry I've been muzzled <laughs> I am curious though as to it's all very well for a referee to make a decision like that in the game, but when there's VAR, it's always the... Well, there's something It's always suspect. the dot, dot, dot. You there know? is like something The home like team in a championship wins, and it's a great story, and it's amazing for the game. Yeah. And we just forget about the fact that a referee and a video referee ignore the cleared handball. I'm not alleging outright corruption. I hope not. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it was, I mean, it was a strange uh, moment. We should crack on. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Richie, you have news of Stephen Kenny. I didn't expect Stephen Kenny to be popping up here of a Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's uh, just a month ago until these Nations League games where he was out launching the uh, summer schools program with the FAI today. And he hopes to see John Eustace's successor appointed by next month's international window. Eustace was part of Kenny's backroom team for just one window, being appointed manager at Birmingham this summer. Ireland faced Scotland and Armenia in the Nations League next month, with Kenny wanting to secure the second in the group. We still have the opportunity to finish second in the group. It'd be difficult to win the group from this position, you know, so that's the way we have to approach it. Second in, in the group can still, uh, we're not certain it would give you a playoff for the Euros, but depending on how results go, we can get you a playoff for the Euros as well. So it's important for us to try and have a strong September. I have two tough games, of course. Uh, got to go to Hamden. Scotland will be looking to, uh, you know, obviously having won 3 0, that'll be a tough game for us. From our point of view, obviously, we lost in Armenia, so we've Armenia at home, and we, we'll be determined to do well. So they're two, uh, two good games. That interview with Stephen Kenny and Will O'Callaghan is up on our various social channels, YouTube, Twitter, etc. And also on the OTB Sports app if you want to download that. It's in your app store. So uh, it was a one-on-one -on -one chat there with Stephen Kenny and Will O'Callaghan. We have European football draws, Richie, for the various Irish sides involved. 
Yeah, Shamrock Rovers have learned of their two potential paths to the Conference League group stage. Should they beat Scuppy in the third qualifying round of the Europa League, they'll continue in that competition against either Carabag or Ferencvaros. A defeat over two legs to the North Macedonian champions means they'll place Balkany from Kosovo or Iceland's KI in those Conference League playoffs. Basel or Brombu await St. Patrick's Athletic if they manage to come through their Conference League qualifier with CSK Sofia over the next week or so. And the potential reward for Sligo Rovers fending off Viking is a tie with either Donaiska, Streda or Romania's FCSB. You might know them previously as Stoja Bucharest. Okay, very good. Uh, will they be happy? Um, I, I think the main point of concern for uh, both Sligo and for uh, St. Pat's is to come through these next ones. Um, I think literally they're, everything is bonus territory I think from here on. I don't mm. think, I don't know realistically if they would have been each targeting the group stage of the Conference League. Like it's an ideal situation obviously um, but as a realistic aim I'm not sure uh, Rovers very much want group stage football in whatever ha- competition they happen to be uh, still in come this time next month. And yeah, yeah I mean, it looks like they're going to be in a in the in the Conference League group stage because you kind of figure if they don't beat Skopje, then they will beat one of the uh, Kosovan or uh, KI from Iceland. Uh, it's a very winnable playoff tie in the Conference League. And if they come through the Europa League, sure, you know, uh, it's onwards and upwards from there and they can okay. go and achieve what they want. Now, Richie, the next story, the draw has been made for the second round of the FAI Cup. Yeah, last year's beaten finalist Bohemians drawn away to Lucan United in the second round of the FAI Cup. Shamrock Rovers, meanwhile, they face a tricky trip to Draha United. Dundalk are also on the road. They'll be away to Wexford and Derry City in a real mouthwatering tie up at the Brandywell will play host to First Division leaders Cork City. Now, one of the uh, success stories, I think, of uh, recent years at Liverpool has put pen to paper. Yet yeah, Diogo Jota has signed a new five-year contract at Liverpool. The Portuguese forward is currently out with a hamstring injury, but he is expected to resume training in the next fortnight. Jota's new deal will keep him at Anfield until at least 2027, with the 25-year-old describing his new contract as a fresh start. Some of the texts in, I've decided I'm not going to commit uh, to the new Ireland assistant uh, to memory. I don't have enough brain space. I mean, a lot of turnover there, to be fair. Uh, will you stop begrudging England and spreading hatred... Please, you're always at it, John. Geez, I would have thought we're actually... If we get accused of anything, John, it's been a little bit too pro-England, I would say. Look, I always said this. I always want England to lose at football. It's oh, like, right. it's, Sorry, it's, John, it's, you're absolutely right. It's I apologize. nothing to do with hatred of anything. It's just a little... It's a sport, really. But I didn't want them to lose on Sunday. So if anything, I've grown. This is progression, John. Yeah. You wanted England to win. Uh, the worst part of all this is that people can't praise the women's game without having to dig at the men's game as for the commentary on the BBC ridiculously biased says Michael in Finglas I think it's fair enough it's biased yeah you have to kind of I've been, I was watching a bit of the Commonwealth Games yesterday actually and just thinking to myself God, good for like, you Mick I could, good I could, for you I could really do look, without the without the the everything just being you know wrapped up in how it affects the British athletes and specifically, and then thinking to myself, well, that's exactly how we do things. Ah, you know, yeah. when we're covering it, you know, that's how RTE will do it. It'll be all about the Irish athletes, and it's like, you know, I suppose we just have to accept the fact that sometimes we have to watch things on a on a foreign and double, <laughs> yeah. doubly, doubly so with the, with the England thing. Like a lot of the contributors, obviously, are former England internationals and would yeah. have played in eras that weren't as successful and weren't playing in eras where the women's game was treated with such love as it is now. So to see the current England team not only do well, but break through into public consciousness, it's like that's a massive moment for the sport and for people who kind of laid that groundwork. And they're all involved, uh, whether it's Karen Kearney or Alex Scott or whoever it is. Like they're all part of that team and have all kind of gone before 
uh, in a really exceptional way. And you can't like, of course, you're going to be emotional. Of course, you're going to be wound up and wrapped up in, in how England do on on, on Sunday evening. It's, uh, there's just a reality to the viewing public, and there's no you know, when David O'Leary is taking that penalty, you can't have George Hamilton saying. Silvio Lung in the Romanian goal stands tall, ready for the penalty. Like there's a perspective here, you know. There's a <laughs> there's a nation holding their breath. It's like you know? it's like have we thought about the historical implications of Romania making a World Cup quarterfinal? <laughs> yeah, no, I think bias is okay with those national events. Um, so we'll press on tonight's uh, football, Richie. Yeah, Rangers begin uh, their uh, Champions League qualification process. They're playing last year's Belgian surprise package, Union SG, in the third qualifying round tonight. Kickoff in Brussels at 7.45. The eventual winners of that tie will play either Monaco or PSV Eindhoven in the playoff round. Those two also playing their first leg this evening. Uh, Tiger Woods' bank manager uh, spat out his or her (coughs) cornflakes when they saw Greg Norman's interview today. Yeah, Tiger Woods refused an offer of three quarters of a billion dollars to join the Saudi-funded Live Golf. <laughs> the Breakaway Tour CEO, Greg Norman, revealed the offer in an interview with Fox News' charming uh, Tucker Carlson. The equally charming Norman says Woods was approached by the Saudis prior to him becoming CEO. That number was out there before I became CEO. So that number's been out there, yes. Yeah. And look, Tiger's a needle mover, right? Yeah. So, of course, you're going to look at the best of the best, you know. So, um, they had originally approached Tiger before I became CEO. So, yes, that number is somewhere in that neighborhood. Somewhere. Yeah, that's between not 700 and 800, million. I think, yeah. is, is the number that was said. So, that's the nice. neighborhood. <laughs> $750 million. Even Tiger, who was never going to go, I think, had to think about that for a minute or two. Well, I suppose the question is, does everybody have their price for the million dollar man yeah. and uh, in this case like is that pr- like for Tiger's price to be above 800 million yeah. suggests that maybe he doesn't have one for this now also you have to remember how rich a man Tiger Woods is and how just much become, earning potentially has even for the rest of his life he's just become billionaire actually this year yeah Woods well, he could have been <laughs> could have been a 1.75 billionaire <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money. Wow. It's incredible. But look, you have to say, it's an incredible, like, that much money is there. So when we have the Henrik Stensons of the world, uh, you know, and we say, like, how rich does a person need to be? And forgive me if I'm wrong specifically, I think there might have been some talk about Henrik Stenson's financial things, but take any one of the other, take, take Dustin Johnson, you know, it's like, how much money is too much money? Well, like, Tiger Woods was offered $800 million and turned yeah. it down, you know. So I, I, I find your excuse a little bit less. Uh, I, I don't think it washes as well. Newcastle fans currently wondering, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> we have $800 million, Well, they've signed Matt Target, so I wouldn't be too harsh. I think for Woods as well, uh, there's legacy and there's various. Re- there's so many reasons why he wouldn't go, but one of them being as well, maybe his most underestimated record is that he has 82 PGA Tour wins. Yeah. So that puts him top level with Sam Snead. Like, Nicholas had 73. And Sam Snead, who is just the most sublime swing and a wonderful player, like some of those wins are very questionable. They're like the, um, you know, father and son knock around with 20 uh, contestants. Contestants, yeah, that's yeah. not quite the right word. Yeah. Uh, you know, so some of those are not uh, akin to what the tournaments okay. Tiger Woods were winning. But look, he has 82, even though I yeah, grudgingly have him down as 82. But Woods most certainly has 82. And he's not going to catch Nicholas on majors at this point. We can safely win say... Another tour event good win of the tour event and so by walking away you completely diminish that record as much as but that just shows you that the, the, but the, there's loads of record like would, would have, someone give up the Ryder Cup captaincy like there's loads of the, ultimately it does come down to whether you're a sports person yeah. or not I guess you know and sorry Henrik Stenson then won at Trump Bedminster 
I didn't even know that. Yeah. Because it's not a real competition. You don't get it doesn't get reported. The four million dollars he won was real. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Henrik Stenson won. And do you know this what he is said? Where Ivana Trump is buried. At Trump Edminster. Oh yeah, did you not hear about this? On like at the eighteenth. So they She's they've not. they've buried her on the golf course, which for some reason, despite being an ex husband, <laughs> Donald Trump decided where uh really? she buried and apparent and then there's a, a scandal in America that apparently this has been done because or maybe not because, but they're one of the benefits of Trump uh, burying his ex wife in uh this golf course is that he gets a tax break from it. Stop. Yeah, well Fair look enough. it up. Uh Stenson, when he was look interviewed, it look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on the radio. You're supposed to be trustworthy. Well, it's, it's the a sports story, and I've already given you the information. This, so. this is akin to us looking it up. We're listening to <laughs> journalists. Uh, so Henrik Stenson wins the four million. Interviewed on the green, and he uh, stares the interviewer in the eye and says, "I play like a captain." Oh God, oh, Henrik! Oh. This, this is live golf can't be missed with this kind of stuff going on. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Depends, I suppose, yeah. Uh, Richie, do you want to bring us one last story? Yeah, we mentioned the Euros there. Four of England's champions have been included in the team of Euro 2022. Goalkeeper Mary Earps, who conceded just twice en route to lifting the trophy, have been selected by UEFA's technical observer panel, along with their captain, Leah Williamson. Midfielder Kira Walsh and player of the tournament, Beth Mead, also made the cut. German quintet, Julia Gwynn, Marina Hegering, Lena Oberdorf, Alex Pop and Clara Buell are also included. Joining them are the France defender, Serena Karshawi and Spain midfielder, Itina Bonmati. While Chelsea have agreed to deal with Aston Villa, Mick, uh, to sign Carney Chukwumeka. The 18-year-old had entered the final year of his contract at Villa, refusing all offers of an extension. Chukwumeka made 12 Premier League appearances under Steven Gerrard last season, and he'll cost Chelsea an initial 18 million euro. Uh, very, very good, potentially potentially very good player. Was in one of England's leaders, and they won the under-19 euros, played a lot in the FAU Cup. But made 12 appearances last season as an 18-year-old, ma- mainly, I think, because he wasn't signing a new contract and it was Gerrard was trying to lure him in with first team football okay. I don't think he's ready for it yet he's certainly not ready for Chelsea will he be a good signing in future like I mean all indicators would point towards so but he's not ready yet so we don't know wouldn't be the first young prospect to go to Chelsea and disappear do you know what I'm not I, I didn't realise because it's a tribunal thing or maybe now that maybe they didn't let it go to that and they've signed it 18 million is a very good deal for Villa in this like it's not a it's not a short thing and he wasn't going to sign potentially contract. 20 23 24 yeah. I think is the is the upper limit of it as well so a decent deal for them Chelsea as well to be fair like they have that record of, of stockpiling players the new loan rules that are in now mean they're actually trying to get rid of as many of these people as they possibly can so mm-hmm. their their ranks have thinned somewhat so the route to first team football isn't going to be as as cluttered perhaps as it was in the past but like Mick mentioned there he's he's not ready for prime time just yet he could well be in the year or two so I'm uh, but I don't know if Chelsea necessarily is the is the right place for him to be for the next couple of years it probably will be uh, eventually end, ending up on loan somewhere Okay gents thanks very much Richard McCormick thank you Nice lads Nick McCarthy will be back in the studio later on for the time being Mick thanks very much Cheers lads thanks your chance to win big. News Talk Summer Cash Machine. Now this week, it is the Summer Cash Machine, so huge amount of money up for grabs. This Friday, we guarantee one person will win €50,000. €50,000 up for grabs. Text the word PLAY to 57557. Get your entry in by 3 o'clock on Friday. And then across the GoLoud network of stations, someone will get the call. If your phone rings, answer within five rings and give us the exact amount in euro and cent. And of course, the amount is 50,000 euro. Five zero, 50,000 euro. 
and zero cents. Over 18s only, text cost to your 50 plus your standard message rate to play. You're playing across the Goal Network stations. Terms and conditions are on newstalk.com. We'll be talking with some of the Meath players after eight o'clock on another All Ireland victory. And up next, we're talking England's win at the Euros. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.